Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Uh, a very young uh, doctor came in and she said, you have a thing called Guillain-Barre and we treat it like the cold here and you're going to walk out of here. And I hung on to that, those exact words yeah. <laughs> for months and months. Now, did you ever see that doctor again? Never. Have you ever worked yourself so hard that you were sleeping in the office and eventually wound up in a state of paralysis for five months? Well, that's what happened to this guy. Not me, but our guest. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you achieve your dreams without compromising your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by Scott Sunderland. Scott is going to share with us how when he was in his 30s, he was working so hard as a carpenter, running a business, that he had only time to sleep in the work site or on the work site in those trailers where they do their office work. And eventually he just lost his energy and his strength. And before he knew it, he was in a hospital bed, unable to move. Autoimmune response shut him down. Now, a lot of people thought he was never going to come back and move again. But he met a doctor who said, we're going to get you back on your feet. And from there, he has shifted his view on life. He has redesigned what is most important to him. And today, he helps others find that kind of freedom as well. So you can pursue your dreams. And you can do it in a way that doesn't compromise who you are. And that's what we're hoping for you in the year 2022 as we wrap up this year 2021. So that's what we have in store in this conversation with Scott, myself. And we invite you to sit back and relax unless you're, I don't know, sharpening wooden stakes for the uh, the end of the world through vampirism. Uh, I might have read that book, I Am Legend, one time too many. But that's not important. What is important is that we're about to have a conversation that's going to be a great one with Scott Sunderland from the Freedom Project 222 and author of Finding Ugly. Here we go. All right. Calling in from Philadelphia is Scott Sunderland. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing so good. So glad to be here, Jerry, with you. Honestly, it's it's awesome. Definitely glad to have you on here. And uh, and you, you said you're about to go nomadic uh, before we hit record. You were talking about you guys are packing up and going on a uh, an adventure, almost Hobbit style, but no Lord of the Rings. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily Hobbit style, but because we have a forty uh, foot fifth wheel that's brand new and is like a castle inside so um but yeah i mean we're we're packing everything up here where we just came up to pennsylvania to where i was born and raised for the last uh month and a half i guess we've been here uh we recently moved to florida and now we're gonna it's a little hot in florida and i gotta be honest it's a little hot here and it's a little humid here so we figured why not head out west where it's 100 degrees yeah why not and we'll just (laughs) We'll just travel around. I, honest to God, I think Florida is the coolest place almost in the country now, you know, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's really super exciting. It's super exciting. And that's like the power of financial freedom and just, you know, modern technology also. I know uh, another podcaster, Tim Winders oh, yeah. from uh, Seek Go Create, and he and his wife have been traveling nomadically for, I think, a decade now. And he's mm-hmm. been consulting all from uh, probably not a Winnebago, but, you know, an RV. And that's yeah. their life. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, they make them very nice yes. these days. They're, they're pretty impressive. I was extremely impressed. I mean, they are not like camping. 
they are it's full on house on wheels so definitely they they put the uh, the mobile in mobile home uh, yeah, and the yeah. home in Super mobile cool. home Super cool. uh, so it's really nice uh so you are one of three members of a, a team that leads a website and, and a uh, an effort called Freedom Project 222. And uh, I, I've taken a look at it. Uh, I, I just love the premise of it. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell folks, you know, what Freedom Project 222 does and am I saying 222 correctly and all that good stuff? Yeah, we say Freedom Project 222. 222. Um, but they're numbers, right? <laughs> um, yeah, what we do is we help people connect back to who they really are. You know, I, I definitely have been down that road. I forgot who I was. And when I say I forgot who I was, I forgot the power that I am and I had to relearn it the hard way. Took a long time. Uh, my partner and wife had to do the same thing. Uh, she had to leave a life of abuse and, and, and a lot of different uh, traumatic episodes. And my partner, Simon, um, basically you know, watched his wife die of cancer and had to heal from that. And we came together, we met at a, uh, at a meditation retreat and we found it, as we like to say, we found that peace, we found that power, we found that strength, we found that freedom, um, we found ourselves. And we had watched so many people struggle with losing their identity, you know, becoming the father that just gets up at five in the morning and, and, you know, takes a train and drives into a job that he hates and, you know, only to be coming home at six o'clock and running off to, you know, baseball games and everything else that what parents do and the mother that's just the mother forgets who she is. And they just became lost. Yeah, And that's what we help them do. We help them reconnect to who they really are, the power of the mind and the power of the body and what it takes us to and overcoming, whether it's anxiety, depression, physical element, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, I mean, the essence of like who we're targeting with this show from day one, that man who's 30 to 40 years old or in his 30s and 40s, uh, married with children, uh, has a great corporate life. You know, you, you the job that everybody envies, you know, manager of mm-hmm. something, director of something, top salesperson of something. Uh, the car is a nice car. Like it's the one that turns heads for anybody who knows cars. The house is that three or four bedroom home, two, two bathroom home, two car garage, uh, maybe white picket fence or not, but it's in mm-hmm. that nice neighborhood. Uh, yet that's on the outside looking in and on the inside, uh, that man wakes up in the morning, dreads the drive to work and dreads the day that's ahead of him. Uh, and it could be a woman. And at the end of the day, they've put their best efforts into that job they hate. They now got to get back in the car and go through that same rush hour traffic or that train ride back home. It could be an hour. And there's a family there waiting for, you know, mom or dad to plug in and be a hundred percent. And they've got nothing left. And there's like no hope for the future. There's just that, that question. And I think I heard you kind of allude to it. It's that, uh, am I nothing more than this routine, this day in and day out rut that I'm stuck in? And, and so that's beyond the rut. And, and so it's like, yeah, there's a big part of having to remember who you are. You know, what was it you were born to do and gifted to be? And, you know, what is that life you want to see? for yourself in the future. And so I, I really love that you've got a team of three people who go through a variety of techniques. I mean, you offer courses, you offer uh, coaching. Um, I can't wait till I get to talk to M and learn more about breath work. Uh, Cause I'd never heard of that before. And I, I started looking yeah. into it. I'm like, this is awesome. This is, you know, people need to do this more often. You know, just breathe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you own it. That's that's the best, that's the craziest thing. And I mean, honestly, it's changed my life. I honestly can say that is breathwork is probably breathwork and meditation has absolutely changed my life. 180 degree turn. Uh, now, with your clients, um, there's probably a trend that you've noticed. Uh, what is probably the most common thing that um, has steered them away from knowing who they are? Like, wh- how do they forget who they are? It's usually uh, them being in the proverbial room on fire. Mm. That that's usually what it what gets them to say, "Okay, I've tried everything. I've tried therapy. If it's if it's like a depression or an anxiety or just unhappiness, right? The unhappiness, and you know, I've tried everything, and I'm I'm willing to see what you can teach me here. Or it's somebody that has you know some was diagnosed with some disease, cancer or something like that. And, and saying, why does this keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I keep attracting relationships that this person turns into what I don't want? Why, why is that? And it's very simple. You know, it's just a habit. Yeah. It's a habit that we learn at a very young age and we don't realize it. We're blind to it. And it's just like you said, that guy driving to work every day, it is this, you know, we are just almost, we become robots and everybody else is doing it. So, well, it must be the way it is. Yeah. And it's just not true. It, I, I'm, I'm, I'm living proof. I have, I have gone through tragedy. I, I being, you know, paralyzed and lived inside this mind that just won't stop because I had a childhood that wasn't ideal, but it was great for me. I'll be honest. Um, But I, I took in a lot of stuff and that just keeps revolving around that brain. And it, it wasn't until I started to really shut that down, but it took the bed. It took the tragedy in order for me to say, okay, enough. I need to stop this. I need to figure out what is going on. Who is Scott Sunderland? Who am I? Because I am lost here, man. And and I need help. And that was the moment for me. You don't have to get to that point. You don't have to be in the bed. You don't have to see, you know, watch someone, you know, die that you love in front of you. It You just have to make the decision. You know what? This just isn't how it should be. And maybe there's more. Yeah. And for you who may not know or not be aware of Scott's story, uh, yeah, in 2001, he was a 36-year-old carpenter doing construction work for a variety of different uh, projects. I mean, that was his business. And uh, just started to notice, like, his body was slowing down. And before he knew it, he's in a hospital bed, uh, can't move. And uh, he's he's suffering from a syndrome. I, I'm not even going to attempt to say it, so I'm going to let Scott say it, what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was bedridden for a, a number of, for a while. And so, what was the name of that syndrome again? I, uh, Guillain-Barre. Okay, I'm glad I didn't try it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an autoimmune. It's a pretty rare autoimmune. And of course, I got the bonus, you know, the bonus plan. I, I got the really, the, the good one. Um, it was it was pretty serious, um, but it was a teacher for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Uh, how long were you bedridden? Like you couldn't move for the longest time. Yeah. I, I, I was in hospitals for about uh, four months. I think it took me about a year, year and a couple months to fully recover, to be able to walk and, and, and talk again and feed myself all, all, all the things that we take for granted. Yeah. Um, 
but it was the big wake up call. It was, you know, it really was my, my body just saying, you got to stop listening to that thing that is on top of us, you know, your, your head, you gotta, you gotta stop listening to the voice. And we keep trying to tell you, you know, we're tired. We're tired of the stress. We're tired of you running us 18 hours a, dre- a day, just giving of yourself nonstop. And we've tried to tell you, but you just don't listen. So we're just going to turn the computer off for a while <laughs> and we're going to see how you react and you're not going to be able to do anything and ready player one go. And that's yeah. when the lights went out Wow! and it literally happened in two days from, you know, that man, that father, that husband to a vegetable. No reason why there wasn't a train involved, a car involved, uh, you know, falling on my head involved, nothing. It was just came out of the blue. And that's why I knew, hey, man, I created this in some way. It's trying to teach me something. I'm going to listen. I'm going to finally sit down and listen. How long were you uh, in that bed, not able to move, that you came to that realization and that acceptance? Uh, You know what? I I knew it. I knew it pretty right much away. right away. Yeah. Yeah. Once I, once I kind of got after the first week, I kind of got the diagnosis the first week, two weeks, they thought it was uh, a real serious form of MS. And I just said, I, I'm, I'm done. Check me out. I, I can't, I don't want to live that way. Mm-hmm. I have a one-year-old son. I don't want him to know me that way. I want him to see me as the father that I was. And I was okay with that, you know? Yeah. And, um, got checked into a hospital because the other ones couldn't take care of me. And I got there at one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night. And I, a, a very young uh, doctor came in and she said, you have a thing called Guillain-Barre and we treat it like the cold here and you're going to walk out of here. And I hung on to that, those exact words yeah. <laughs> for and months and months. Now, did you ever see that doctor again? Never. That blows she my was, mind. I, listen, she was, honest to God, it, 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 she was an angel. Yeah. Uh, honest to God. It was like, she just told me, you just sit here and you get it figured out, but you don't have to do the figuring. It's going to happen for you. Yeah. You just sit here and you work on you. Stop <laughs> giving. Stop thinking. Stop trying. Stop doing all the things that you've been trying to do. Stop trying to build this life of the picket fence, the cars, the boats, the all the things, because the outside is not going to fill you. It's what's inside that matters. And that's where I went. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. And it's crazy. It, you know, I'm, I'm not in the dating scene. I've been married almost 20 years now. Uh, but I do remember probably the most valuable lesson I learned way back when I was like, dating sucks. I'm horrible at it. Nobody wants to go out with me. What's the deal? And one of my best friends from college, she had said, Jerry, it's a confidence thing for you. Like it, it is. It's an inside job. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, we're not attracted to how good a guy looks. I mean, that's part of it, but really like 
if you're a totally handsome guy, but you have no, it's like you're just filled with insecurities and they come out, we're not attracted to that. If nope. You could be a butt ugly guy, but with all the mm-hmm. confidence in the world, not cockiness, but confidence, we'll find that attractive. I'm like, no mm-hmm. way. And so, yeah, that success, the, the, the true happiness in life, I think really does come from within ourselves. Uh, 100%. I think we, yeah, we try to fill it with those outside status symbols, but, mm-hmm. uh, I have yet to find somebody who sought status symbols for happiness and was actually happy. I, yeah. I have not found no, that. Yet. I know, I know a lot of them <laughs> and yeah. they're not, oh, yeah. they, they haven't reached that happiness, you know, and it's, it, it really is. It's the looking. It's the searching and saying, okay, so what is it then? Who am I? Who am I really? That's the question that I try to first get people to understand, to ask that question. Because, you know, Jim Carrey put it best. We're we're just characters. We're just playing characters. We're we're not that. And and I so related to that because I would watch people coming in come in and out of my hospital room, my brothers, my my sister, my my father, my wife, and I would just sit there and watch them come in and out and I'd be like, what are they connected to that I am not anymore? Yeah. How can they do that? How can they move their legs like that? Because I'm trying, but it's just not happening. How can they move their fingers? How can they pick that drink up and and put the straw in my mouth? How do they do that? What is that? Because it's not Scott. So what am I disconnected from? And that's what I've got to find. I got to find that strength, that power, that God that is inside me, that universal source that lives inside me. And I, God damn it, I'm going to find it <laughs> and let it come and let it speak. That's the voice that I need to hear. But the voice that we build of Scott, the voice that we build Jerry, the voice that you know we were named, um, it, it, it's got a pretty strong and very loud voice and we, we forget who we are. We just succumb to the character. We think we are this person and it's just not true because you're not laying in bed with blood pumping through you and your heart beating and, you know, billions and trillions of cells are interacting with each other and you're snoring away, drool coming out of your mouth, you know, How does it know? Your <laughs> wife, right? I mean, it, it's, we just, so who is that? Yeah. What is that? So that's what I knew I needed to connect to. And I knew I put myself there because when I laid in that bed in the first probably two weeks, I realized, oh my God, four months ago, I was on jobs and all I could think about was, I just want all this to end. I just want to yeah. go home. I just want to lay in bed. I just want to let all the struggle, all the anxiety, all the, oh my God, I can never please these people. I just want to go home and lay in bed. I, I got my wish and I knew it. If I created that, then I can create a new life. I can become better and I can become great. I remember you saying in your book, Finding Ugly, that your life before you were bedridden with this was um, you, you were working so hard. If I remember correctly, you were sleeping on the job site. Yeah. And, you know, because it's just a waste of time to drive back home, take a rest and yeah. come back. Like I have to be here. And, yeah. um, you know, how many of us, you know, go through life like that. Like I can't take a day off because everything will fall apart. And well, it was all the thinking of what are they thinking? What yes. are my clients thinking? Oh, this Scott Sunderland, he's screwing this all up. 
Oh, he's doing a terrible job. He's behind. We need to replace him, right? That's what was running in my head 24 hours, like a freight train, like a freight train it would come. And of course, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work because I had this, I had a paraplegic mindset. It was just so wrought with what are they thinking? They're judging me, but yet they weren't doing that. It Mm -hmm. was me doing that. And isn't that what we do? We worry about what our boss thinks. We worry about what our spouse thinks. You know, oh my God, he's going to leave me. She's going to leave me. How can she even put up with me? Or it's just (laughs) nonsense. And we do it. It's the voice in our head that just keeps doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's just crazy. I've noticed I lead a team of um, consultants and a learning administration, uh, learning management system administrator. And I mean, before that, I've led other teams and I was in the army as a sergeant. And the one thing I've learned is well, a couple of things I learned, uh, but the biggest one was um, my team does way better if I just get out of the way. Yeah. They, they <laughs> perform better. They get the job done better than I thought. I could do it. And they're happier in doing what they're doing. And that just blows my mind. It's like, the less I try to get into their business and try to convince them what a great leader I am and to convince my Mm -hmm. boss, look at how tight of a ship I run. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I just tell them what I need, these are kind of the parameters and get out of the way and then just take care of me so I can take care of them. Everything runs so much better. And it's, it's kind of like, not kind of like, but another thing I'm thinking about from what you just said is, you know, like the airline safety briefing that nobody really pays attention to. Yeah. Except I kind of pay attention because I'm like that guy. It's like, what if the cabin does pre depressurize on this flight? <laughs> yeah, I, right. What I, do I do that? It, it is no different from any other briefing I've done. Yeah. Unless you're like on Southwest Airlines and then they make it comedy gold and that's different. Yeah. Then I pay attention for that. Um, but the one thing they tell you when those masks drop, and you're with your family is put your mask on you first. And cause I mean, if you don't, you pass out and then you're no good to anybody. Uh, then go ahead and choose which child has the higher earning potential and put the mask on that one. And uh, that mm-hmm. might be, yeah, one of those <laughs> comedy. <laughs> but yeah. Take care of you so you can take care of others. Yeah. And, um, not having to impress them. I, you know, how many people go into debt because they're trying to keep up with, the joneses oh it's just so it's it's just an epidemic it really is just an epidemic because everybody that's what you do right well he got a new car and if i i have to show my worth i have to get a new car and of course you know ford and and everybody else all know that so they're going to create those new cars and you know but it really is it's really a it's an it's a new mindset and i think I love kind of what has happened in this last year of people are kind of waking up. They're kind of starting to understand here, hey, man, you know, I need to live a life. I, I really, this is really what my life has become. I'm just kind of locked up and I can't, I don't have free will. And I think that's what this pandemic has kind of done for us is shown people that they do have free will, that they, I mean, for me, Listen, I got to be honest, this was one of the greatest moments of my entire life because, um, you know, M had said to me right before everything started to lock down, we were in Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. she said, get me out of here for three days before we get locked down. Now, I have a company, I have 40 guys that work for me and I'm like, are you insane? I can't do that. Well, I already booked the flights. <laughs> we're leaving tomorrow and we, oh, I, I kicked and screamed the whole way to the airport, but I got on the plane 
landed in Florida. We were in Florida for three days and I'm like, I can't go back. And we, we didn't leave for, we didn't leave for geez, almost four months. And then we came back and we packed our stuff up and we said, bye, we're leaving. <laughs> we're moving back there, you know, because the whole time we were in sun, we were, we were in paradise for us. It was just, and so again, it really is how you view it all, you know, but that person that's stuck in that movie that just keeps replaying every day, yeah. that is a difficult to, thing to see through until you realize, oh, wait a minute, somebody else has done that. Somebody else has, you know, left that and they're okay. I mean, they're breathing. Everything didn't just fall apart. Not, not only that, that's where it, the rubber meets the road is when you do leave that prison. Cause it is, it's a prison. Yeah. You know, once you do, and it's the prison in your mind. Yeah. Self-imposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's self-imposed. You're creating the events that show up that just keep you, you know, running on the treadmill. And man, if I can get off this thing, my God, I could just lay in bed for a little while, you know? And it's like, well, be careful about that one. Cause I did that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, if your body needs rest and you're not giving it, your your body will give you a rest, and, and your mind, yeah, and yeah. your mind needs it. Yeah, more than so. anything, your mind really, really needs to understand that you're a creator, man. You 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 really are a creator of everything you experience in your life. And and listen, I I know that so fundamentally. I I I went through one day, one night um, when I was in the, in the hospital bed. It was like a voice. What, you know, uh, something nudged me, woke me up, and a voice spoke right to me and said, what if all of this is just inside you? What if everything you see, this room, the TV, the clock on the wall, the, the, the window, what if all of that is just inside you? You're, you're, you're not looking out into a world that you exist in. What if it's just inside you? And that gave me the idea to kind of run after like, okay, so let me paint a new picture. Let me create a new fishbowl. Let, let me create a new life. Let me just focus on what I really, truly want. I just want to be free. I just want to be happy. And let me go paint that picture for once. Not the car, not the house, not the, what are these people going to think of me? Right? Yeah. Because we're all doing that. We're all doing that. I think that's what I find so attractive to uh, the idea of minimalism. Uh, so there's, you know, the minimalists, they've got their own podcast. They had a special on Netflix and, um, I mean, they, they do take it to an extreme as far as like no branded clothing, only a few outfits yeah. and so on. But, and I think even on top of that, like everything they own that they take with them when they go anywhere, it fits in a duffel bag that can be carried and, and maybe a carry on backpack or something. And I know for a lot of folks that's extreme, but then I, you look at what they gain from that. They have freedom. And for mm -hmm. them, what freedom looks like is being able to travel where they want, when they want, with whom they want, and not being bound by, oh, wait, but I've got a mortgage I got to pay. Okay, well, I can't mm -hmm. go because I, I got to earn a paycheck to pay mm -hmm. for the mortgage. Or, uh, you know, if it's not a mortgage, I, I rent a place and I need to pay the bills like electricity, mm -hmm. cable, and internet, and so on. And, you know, I've got to have a subscription to some meal club or a subscription to a book club. And it's like, Why? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, is that it's giving so you? True. Yeah, you know, is it giving you the excitement you want, or is it creating those prison walls? And um, yeah. and the answer is different for everybody. It's again what you want to create for your life, and uh, but there may be things in our lives that we really use to to hold ourselves back, whether we know it or not. So uh, yeah, they're yeah. the anchors. I yeah. mean, a house is a mortgage is an anchor. I mean, I, and listen, I get it. I, I you know, 
I owned homes my whole life. I, I mean, that's what I did. I, I would buy something and I would fix it up and I would live in it, flip it, whatever. And I loved the creation of it, but then it got boring. <laughs> it got boring for me. So it's like, what's next? But it was still my home. Mm-hmm. And when we went, when we went to Florida, it, we literally had three or four days worth of clothes. And, and you talk about minimalism, that was that. And we didn't need anything else. We couldn't get anything else because you, there was nothing open to get. Yeah. So we just wore the clothes we had and, and we weren't doing it purposefully. We were just living that, you know, we were just like, Hey man, we're kind of free right now. Business is shut down. That's all right. I don't mind that. It gives me a little break. And hey, let's see what this is like. And it was just so freeing. And I think you have two different camps, people that fell into the fear of the whole thing that was going on, which really tells the story of people that are falling into the fear of living a life. Yeah. Because we're worried about our spouse, we're worried about our kids, you know, how our kids are doing and and all that. And it's just really like a the other the other side of it was people making hey this is kind of a break this is like a long vacation so let's go have fun let's do things that we've never done before we may have to do it and do it them in these four walls but let's do it you know so it's really interesting when you talk to people about how they've gotten through this you know yeah and, and how they've grown or changed as a result of yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. Folks for it's that. opened up a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, you know, oh, definitely. Uh, now, from a practical perspective, um, so somebody who really does feel stuck in that rut, um, what are some practical tips that you can give them to help them, you know, get reacquainted with who they are? Like, what, what's like a process or an exercise they can take themselves through? First thing I, I would tell anybody is to meditate. And I'll back up because some people say, oh, I do that. I meditate. And other people are like, oh, well, that's a little too woo-woo for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, all meditation is is just sit quiet. That's it. Um, so that would be my, you know, the first step to the first step would be to just get your mind quiet and really stop stop the voice in the mind, which is impossible but understand that it's just a voice that is telling you the same story that you learned when you were, you know, zero to six years old, whatever that story was, your parents yelling at each other, whatever, you are just reliving those moments. If you can just be aware of that and to watch what you think, watch what you say, we say really dumb things. I can't afford that. I, the I can'ts, and listen, I still do it. it. It just keeps us in that energy of I can't. Your mind is a supercomputer. It is what you feed it. So be careful of the diet that you put into your mind because it is going to run with it. It is, it is the CEO, the, the end of the table at the boardroom of you. And it has all its emotions on either side of the table that no, it's going to get a reaction. Mind doesn't care if it's a good thing, bad thing. Doesn't There is no good and bad to the mind. Its job is to get the body to feel. If I can get you to feel scared, that is going to be such a reaction to you. Your body's going to thrive on fear. So by understanding those simple principles, you can start to slow the process down of the mind and you can become aware of 
oh, wait a minute, I know what's going on here. I'm kind of stepping back in time, going back to the habit here. So what do I really want in this moment? I need to go swing on a swing right now. I need to go play football right now. I need to get outside in the sun, lay flat and let the sun soak me up. When we do that, it stops that. Mm. It, it stops the merg around running out of control. So that would be the, the first, really the first two things I, I would suggest to people and to just keep looking, keep searching, keep listening to people's stories of overcoming because stories are, are the magic of our time. They really are. They really yeah. are. When you hear somebody that has overcome odds that are just, you know, that's impossible and they did it, that gives you hope. That definitely gives you a, a road to follow. So that's what I, that's what I would suggest. And I know that was a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> it's really nice, especially hearing those stories of others who have overcome. It's like the first person to run the sub four minute mile, right? It's mm-hmm. I know it's a cliche yeah. story that's told a lot of times. However, there's so true. a lot. Yeah, exactly. There's so much truth in it that before that man had run that sub four minute mile. People truly believe that your heart would burst and you would die. And he's like, all right, I'll hold my beer. I'm sure that's not how it happened, but it could have. (laughs) You know, before he actually ran it for a record, he probably had a night of like, I can do it. Here, hold that. And did it. Uh, But then when it became known, like, hey, we really can run a four minute mile or less and not die or explode um well let, let me try and now it's just a common thing like if you want to run in the olympics uh for any kind of event that's a distance one mm-hmm. you probably run a four minute mile or better uh as a result and that's because somebody or like flying you know if god wanted us to fly he'd given us wings yeah. and it's like well what if he gave you the capacity to build wings and create mm-hmm. those wings and then fly yourself and you're like nah that's a dumb idea and then Michelangelo starts drawing pictures of it. And yeah. well, even further than that, the, the Greeks had the, the story of Icarus. So the idea was there. And then the Wright brothers eventually actually made it happen. And, you know, now we, we fly everywhere and don't even think twice about it. And it's just, yeah. I mean, if, if somebody is thinking, well, you know, inspirational stories are just like you said, woo woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there is value woo-woo. in it though. Like, yeah, the reason why I oh, love so much, so. yeah, I love having guests on here because um, each person has a unique story that they've overcome. I mean, you're officially the first person who has overcome a paralysis, and mm-hmm. uh, and you're moving about. I mean, I'm watching you on this screen right now, and uh, you're moving just fine. Yeah, fingers are moving, uh, jazz hands, everything. <laughs> yep, jazz hands. I got the whole thing, <laughs> and you know it can be done, and uh, it's just yeah, it's just whatever we're facing right now. Just like you said, you know, if we take that time to slow down, get silent, identify those I can't statements that we're really feeding ourselves. Um, well, and we get fed them. Yeah. I mean, when people in some of in like some of our coaching courses, I'll have somebody said, oh, and I was watching the news the other day. And, mm. I, and I mean, I go ballistic. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why, why, why would you do that? Why don't you just put a gun in your mouth? I mean, seriously, <laughs> why would you do that? You are a product of what you feed this thing. And you are feeding doom and gloom. You are feeding, I am a victim. You are just feeding yourself with fear constantly. Well, there was a person shot down the street the other day. I, how do you know that? If you don't tune into that, you're not going to experience that. Get in the sun. Go, go ride a bike. 
Go play toys with your kids. Do something different and not take in that because I'll be honest with you, our body craves it. It's like chocolate. Fear is like chocolate. Once you taste it, it gets your body to react and you want more of it. Wow. And it's stress, anxiety. It's all the same. And pretty soon you're just living in this toxicity and you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it until suddenly you have this moment, this awakening, lack of a better term. And that's a little woo-woo, I know. But it is. It's kind of this thing of, oh, and then that wakes you up. And, it, and it's like, maybe I can do a little bit better. You know, you have every single thing that Tom Brady has. Everything. You have the 10 fingers, you have the toes, you have the knees, you have the legs, you have, and you know, here's a guy who was in the draft and everybody looked at him as, well, he can't run. His arm (laughs) isn't that great. He's kind of gangly. And I don't know, but he had something. He had confidence. And he he said to to Kraft when he said, listen, I just want to, I'm going to prove to you that this was the greatest decision that your franchise has ever made. And that is my goal. As a third string quarterback coming onto a team, right? Yeah. Six round draft pick. We (laughs) have all of that. The same thing. And it's just, man, if you can... If you can feed you, you know, be the guardian of your mind, take in the right stuff. You know, my favorite, honest to God, I, I, I swear to you, I listen to it probably at least once a week. I have outtakes or, or uh, segments of Seabiscuit, the movie. Really? I love, I love that horse. Jerry, I am in love because that horse is me, the consummate underdog. The one, and aren't we all are underdogs? Mm-hmm. And and when you relate to that, like, no, I can, I can. They're telling me I can't start a business, but I know I can. Yeah. I know I can do that. So many people have been told that. Well, he's just crazy. Steve Jobs, yeah, he's a nutcase. He's a nutcase. Henry Ford, yeah, that guy is in that barn building something. He said is going to ride around with no horses attached. I mean. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on of people that were told they couldn't do it. And they said, oh, yeah, exactly like you just said. Hold my beer. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm the proof that you can do it. That mountain came because I can climb it to show you that you can too. That's yeah. what I love. And that, man, if that doesn't inspire you, you have to be dead. You have to be dead. Yeah. I think one of my greatest... Uh or um, not greatest, but one of my more memorable moments when I was serving in the army was at the very beginning of my career. I mean, I've had other events in the army, but one that I always draw inspiration from and kind of use as the lesson I like to share is um, I found out with like two or three weeks left in basic training that there was a Deadpool for the the 64 mm-hmm. of us. And if you don't know what a Deadpool is, it's where they're betting on who dies and how they die. Mm-hmm. And so there was a Deadpool in my platoon, 64 of us. Turns out there was only one name in the Deadpool. It was mine. No way. Out of 64 no guys, way. they all agreed Dugan is the one who's going to die. So let's decide when and how. And they had everything from heat stroke to he's going to get shot in the head during the ranges. Um, he's going to tick somebody off and get into a fight and die. He's going to just die of uh, dehydration, everything. And I didn't know this until like two or three weeks out. But I just noticed, like, as we went further and further into the the training course, it was a nine-week course, I would just get more phrases like, effing Dugan, I hate you, and then they'd walk off. It turns out these were the guys losing money. (laughs) They were losing the bet. They lost whatever they put into the pool. And at the end, like, one of my uh, buddies was like, hey, Jerry, I just need to 
confess something to you. And it's just him and I cleaning the barracks. And, um, and he's just like, I, I'm sorry. I, didn't know you better i was mm. like this is a little awkward um because we're just mm. two dudes in the barracks alone um mm. what are you driving at and that's when he told me about the deadpool and i'm like oh you guys all bet on me to die and then i just wow. kind of puffed up i was like well let's let's make sure everybody loses their money <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, right. uh i never it's found nice out who something. ran the deadpool but there was a couple of smiles at the end of the cycle i think wow. they came into a windfall of cash or something but um yeah, it's, yeah just overcoming that person telling you no you can't i think is probably one of the greatest triumphs anybody can have and and each one of us has an i can't story that you know they're just being told and usually from somebody they love or know that told them you'll oh that yeah well they're the ones that pack the most punch because number one i think most people you know families that they'll go right to their family hey i have this great idea well i didn't have that great idea so if you do it then that means i didn't do it so that's a terrible idea and and we we don't understand that that that's why they react the way they react because if you become great then that means that you're not exactly you're right? not great and and you want to be great so if he doesn't become great then there's no pressure on me to become great exactly yeah and it's uh it, it's that fear in ourselves that, or not in ourselves but like sharing our dream with others exposes their yeah. fears and their their own limitations and without a doubt so I without a doubt once we recognize that that's the backlash coming at us yeah. it's not about us it's and, about them but yeah and it is you know again you have to be the guardian of your mind and you have to be the guardian of of your direction i, I don't love to say dreams because it makes it too far out there i like direction yeah so i like that i know where i know where colorado is I know how to get to the road that's going to get me to the road that's going to get me to the road that's going to get me to Colorado. I just need to get on the first road. I just need to get the trucking gear, take a step, get to that road. And eventually Colorado is going to come into view because I'm just going to constantly take a step. People think I need to know all the steps in order to get to Colorado. No, you just need to know one and take it because by taking the one step you are closer to colorado than you were a minute ago where you didn't take the step so if you want to own a sandwich shop you got to take one step whatever that step is for you you know where the supplier is or where am i going to sell my sandwiches you just need to know one thing and then suddenly instead of you trying to make all the steps the steps start coming to you it, it's yes. an amazing thing that happens. That, that has happened to me so many times because I, I was lost in the passion, in the purpose of the creation. Not, I'm going to be sitting at a counter at my sandwich shop and there's going to be, you know, tons of customers lined out the door. No, I'm just going to make a really good sandwich. You know, that's where it starts, right? Yeah. I, I love that because, I mean, on any path that we're on, I mean, you're not going to see that third bend on the path until you get past the first two. And you got to go yep. forward to see the, you know, get past yep. those. So, uh, now if people want to get more of Scott and they want to get more of the Freedom Project 222, uh, where can they go? Uh, well, you can, uh, email me at scott at the Freedom Project 222.com. And I'm sure I'll screw all these up, but I'm sure you'll put them in the notes. Uh, to get my book, Finding Ugly, they can, uh, that's on Amazon. Um, you can go to our website which is thefreedomproject222.com. 
And honestly, the best thing for people is to look us up on Facebook, The Freedom Project. Um, we give away so much free tips, um, free ideas, free inspiration. Um, a lot of our students are on there and they are living examples of the lives that they have created for themselves. We, we help them. We don't do it for them. And ownership is a big deal in creating, you are literally creating a new person for yourself. And that is a great way is through our Facebook page, The Freedom Project. And um, yeah, just know that, hey, man, it, it's possible. There's people out there and a lot more than you think that are really living their passion. They're living their dream. And why not you? I know it sounds kind of woo-woo and I know it sounds kind of whatever, but it's so true. It's like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It, it doesn't have to get so bad that the room is so on fire to the point where you have to jump through the flames. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait till it gets to that point. And, and I think our kids need to know that. Our kids need to know that. We need to stop doing everything for our kids and let, let them find their own, their own selves through their failures, through their successes. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's time to step in. Perfect. Perfect. That's the perfect note to end on right there. Scott, it was great to have you on Beyond the Rut. I can't wait to have M on here as well as Simon, the other two members of your team. Because uh, oh, if, uh, if they're just extensions of what you're delivering, this is going to be awesome for everybody who is listening right now. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. I'm really happy to be here. So what if that was a little woo-woo at the end? Scott, he's a great guy. Very laid back. He has found what matters most to him, and he's helping others do the same. And I hope this episode also helped you identify already or get thinking about what are the things that matter most to you. If you lost your job today, would that be okay? Probably. If uh, you decided, I really don't want to do this career anymore, could you figure out a way to make a change? Definitely. So I hope that's what you got out of it. That's what I got out of this conversation. And... You know what? If you want more resources like where to find a copy of that book, Finding Ugly, Transform Your Worst Moment into Your Greatest Gift. If you want to learn more about the Freedom Project 222 that Scott, his wife, M, and their friend, um, Simon, all work together on to help people find the same kind of freedom they have found, then go to beyondtherut.com slash 287. Again, that is beyondtherut.com slash 287. There, you'll find the show notes for this episode, as well as links to some of the resources we discussed and some past episodes that'll help you get an even deeper dive and more thinking around this topic. Now, the best way you can pay this show back is to pay it forward. So, however you're listening to this show right now, hit that share button and forward it on to somebody you feel would also find the same kind of value you did, if not more. And that's the best thing you could do for this show. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week. And I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Chauvian myself, 
I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.